Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles post-game edition. I am Scott Wright of the Oklahoman, joined by Nathan Ruiz. Coming off a uh, surprising, is surprising a fair enough word? Uh, it's an upset, definitely. Oklahoma State's 38-35 win over Texas. I don't know. I could see it coming. I didn't say it was going to happen, but I am not shocked. I was shocked in the first half, but if you look at the final score, it wouldn't have surprised me. All right. So uh, you saw it coming. You just didn't tell anybody. Well, got no, it. I mean, Check. I didn't see it Check. coming. No, I definitely I got picked I got Texas, but I I could see a situation in which OSU won this football game, and they did, 38-35. I don't think we had said that yet. I did, actually. Oh, you did. I'm, I'm off to I'm a gonna very I'm going to need you to go back start. and listen to the beginning of the podcast well, again. They, now they've heard it twice, just in case I missed it the first time. So there in case you, you missed it, here's it a third time. OSU beat the number six team in the country – the Texas Longhorns, 38-35 in Boone Pickens Stadium. Broke a, or not broke, but uh, but reversed some trends that uh, had been heading in the wrong direction. They were 1-6 in their last seven home games against Texas. Uh, so that was uh, that was an important step for them. 2-7 uh, in their last nine Big 12 home games. Um, and all seven of those losses, games that they had been favored in, which was, uh, which was not the, uh, uh, not the, not, not the uh, case tonight. Coming in as uh, three and a half point underdogs, which I thought was uh, was ridiculous at the beginning of the week, um, but uh, but obviously Oklahoma State proved why Vegas uh, thought so highly of them and uh, and uh, and and where Texas stands as well. But uh, we'll get into uh, get into some of the details. What uh, what Nathan jumped out at you? Uh, what's the, uh, the the top line thought? For, uh, from this upset of Oklahoma, or for, for Oklahoma State of Texas. Today was the day that Taylor Cornelius made his way into their hearts. I, I don't know if that's 100% factual. I'm sure there are still some in it was just one good game camps. But he goes out there, commands the offense, scores, is responsible for all five of OSU's touchdowns, either by throwing or running, and he leads OSU to an upset of the number six team in the country. The Oklahoma State quarterbacks who under Mike Gundy have beaten Texas are, it's it's Brandon Whedon, Clint Shelf, Mason Rudolph, and now Taylor Cornelius. So it's a pretty short list. Um, even though OSU has kind of commanded this series, obviously Mason, uh, in recent, recent history, OSU has commanded this series. Mason Rudolph won every time he played Texas. But... But now I think, you know, this changes the trajectory of the season and it changes, I think, the expectations maybe people have at that quarterback position. You would certainly think so. Um, the, the thing that I'm fascinated by with Cornelius is the connection that he's got with Tylen Wallace. Yeah. And people love to, to point back to uh, them running second team reps together last year. And uh, I get that that's probably, that's probably a, uh, a big deal and has some influence on it. Uh, but it's completely different. Than, than going out against a Texas defense and connecting the way that uh, that they do. And uh, uh, 10 catches tonight, 222 yards and two touchdowns for Tylen Wallace. Uh, we're, we're seeing this kid become a star right in front of our eyes. Uh, we had seen big things from him before, but, uh, but tonight was, uh, was another big step uh, in, uh, in the progression of his career and, uh, and the direction that he's going. Uh, really impressive young man overall. Uh, in 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 the ways that we get to deal with him, just talking to the media, he's great. Um, you know, watching him play, you can obviously see the talent and the uh, the unique skills that he's got. 
uh, you know, sort of like the same, some of the same qualities that James Washington had in that uh, uh, his ability to make competitive catches, uh, make catches in traffic and with guys on him and, and around him. And, uh, I mean, you point to that, uh, the touchdown at the end of, of the half on uh, fourth and one, uh, jump ball situation with two guys around him and he goes up and uh, he's the guy that comes out of it I thought and 100% that was going to be an interception like that ball gets thrown I look at how he is around the defenders I'm like that ball's about to get picked yeah that's and then it's a touchdown that's absolutely what it looked like from uh, from the moment it left Taylor Cornelius's hand with uh, with tight coverage and a safety coming across it looked uh, it that play looked dead from uh, from the very beginning uh, it's one of those that you uh, you you've got to think that uh, that there's some guys on the, some coaches on the sidelines that are going no 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 yes that's <laughs> I, that, one of those type of situations. So, um, an interesting game all the way around. Defense uh, we can uh, touch on that side of the of the ball as well. Um, you know they did have their uh, their lapses late in the game that let Texas get back in the game, but uh, but in general. I uh, was uh, I. I thought that they uh, they made some steps in the right direction. Um, it was what stood out to you defensively, Nathan? I I think just the way they really were able to limit, especially in the first half, they limited Texas early. Um, AJ Green, I think, really stood out. You know, I think that was really a big uh, matchup to watch is how OSU's cornerbacks stood up against those big Texas receivers, and they handled the job great. Uh, you know, Darius Williams and AJ Green had kind of been picked on since Big 12 play started, uh, but they both went out there. AJ Green especially had really, really good games, um, and I, I think they, you know, you look in the first half. That obviously the second half that kind of dissipated. And I think part of that had to do with the offense slowing down a bit, but the way the defense got Texas off the field so fast and allowed OSU's offense to continue its rhythm, I think that went a long way in OSU having, you know, a 31-14 advantage at half. The safeties, I thought, were uh, – I didn't notice them as much tonight. Yeah, I thought I that's that that was uh, That was important for, the, for, for them. You weren't noticing, you know, Jark Bernard did get beat once, uh, one time in bad coverage, once that I thought he was in pretty good coverage and might have had a chance for, uh, for an interception. Uh, had he uh, had he been able to turn around and play the ball, uh, but with a uh, true freshman, uh, you know you're going to have those issues. Um, Justin Phillips uh, was uh, was in really good coverage on uh, on a uh, on a throwback type play to uh, to the running back and uh, and just a, a perfectly thrown ball that uh, that beat him there. So um, you know it was it was an uh, it was one of those nights where. Uh, you know, it started to feel like things were slipping away, and Oklahoma State was able to uh, to finally put it together and 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 close the door. Um, at the very least, Zach Siner deserves a game ball, uh, mm-hmm. if not the game ball, for uh, for his 57-yard punt, and then the coverage team being able to uh, to, to trap Texas back deep at the two-yard line. Almost got a safety on a punt return, which would have been uh, fascinating to see. Uh, but uh, but that play in the uh, in the fourth quarter was uh was a really uh huge momentum swing that uh that, that turned the tide i think and uh, and, and set oklahoma state up for uh for, for being able to close the door on the game yeah jordan brailford referred to it and i don't remember the exact verbiage you used but he said it was basically the play of the game because it, it gave them that great field position defensively where they forced texas into a long field where momentum wise you know texas had the opportunity to to go ahead and OSU, you know, I think when we see it go from 31-14 to 
28, we start thinking, oh, man, OSU is going to lose this game because that's just what they've shown to this point in the season. Um, but the second halves have been kind of troublesome for them. But OSU's defense steps up after Zach Steiner delivers. Uh, and, and, you know, there have been special teams issues from time to time with this team pretty prevalently. Uh, but he came in there and, and delivered a really big moment for them. It was, and, uh, and at a time when they uh, they needed something positive to happen, and that was uh, that was huge. So, um, make a quick trip through the uh, the ding report. There was uh, a new injury that, uh, that that cropped up. We don't know exactly what happened to Shane Richards. Um, he was uh, he was limping around, uh, but uh, but enjoying himself at the end of the game from uh, from what I noticed. Um, so he wasn't, you know, he wasn't on crutches or anything like that, but uh, but did have to leave the game, which uh, left led to more shuffling on the offensive line. Um, Tevin Jenkins went back to right tackle where he had been at the beginning of the year. Dylan Galloway came in at left tackle, which uh, he had initially been Arlington Hambright's backup at that position anyway. So uh, probably both of those guys in a comfortable scenario. Uh, in that way because that's uh, those are the positions they had been practicing at the most uh, going even back to the spring of last year so um, but that leaves uh, that leaves Oklahoma State with uh, with both a left and a right tackle now um, who are uh, who are on the ding report uh, we don't know when Arlington Hambright will be back he was not in pads today uh, we will see what we uh, what we learned about Shane Richards and uh, and his uh, his situation, but uh, but it led to some more shuffling. The offensive line was playing really well. It seemed like, uh, particularly before uh, before Shane Richards got hurt, and uh, they weren't terrible after he left the game. But uh, but they definitely had some uh, uh, some issues and and uh, had to had to endure some more uh, some more personnel changes. Nathan, well, what I want to know is when do we start the report <laughs> i think that i don't know what it really measures i don't know what exactly attracts things just mike gundy isn't happy with but he's not a fan of social media i won't use his exact terminology but uh you know he said it's for people who he just really kind of went it wasn't really like asked like what do you think of twitter it was you know taylor cornelius has had to deal with a lot of criticism recently and you know, how do you feel about kind of that outside noise? And he started just going off on Twitter and saying it's people who, who need, uh, you know, unemployment checks and whatnot. He just went all in on on, on tweeters. Mm-hmm. And Mike Gundy has a Twitter. So, I, I don't, you know, maybe he needs to take a good hard look in the mirror over this <laughs> next week before he comes back around next Saturday. He uh, he was definitely entertaining in his uh, in his post game description of, uh, of, of of some of that stuff and uh, to a, a couple of questions directly. Yeah, he dropped um, three. I think three, maybe four. Yes, <laughs> you know exactly. Um, and and was enjoying himself as as he did it. So um, he uh, was in quite the mood. He was. I don't know if he in, danced. We forgot to ask if he danced. I don't. He probably right. doesn't dance anymore. But if he does, still dance. That that was a game to dance about. Yes, yeah. This would have been one of the ones that uh, that you would have. Uh, I, and I'm sure if he had danced, I think he would have told us. Yeah, he, he would have brought it up. He would come in and said, "Sorry, I was just dancing." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so I'm I'm leaning toward no dance since he he didn't inform us of it. Uh, but who knows? If if he's going to dance, this would be this would be one of those. Um, but anyway, I was trying to set you up to talk about Deontay Noel. Yeah, uh, replacing uh, Larry Williams at at right guard. Um, 
nothing that I heard specifically about an injury with Larry Williams. Of course, uh, as we talked about earlier in the week and wrote about, uh, Larry's mother passed away at the beginning of the week. So it's hard to say I mean, how much practice time he actually got. Yeah, I mean, how this week? much does it like just say about him that he's out there starting a college right. football game five days later? Yeah. That's it's insane. I can't imagine that. Incredibly impressive. And so, uh, you know, and with Deontay Noel getting uh, getting healthy, he was uh, he was a guy that sort of uh, behind the scenes had been on the Ding Report. Um, we hadn't really talked about because there wasn't necessarily a situation for him to be playing, but um, with him being healthy again, and then uh, and then Larry Williams probably not having a ton of time uh, to go through uh, to go through the game plan and uh, and the things that they were doing this week. Uh, I think that worked out well for uh, for for them to be able to uh, to put Deontay Noel in there. Uh, we'll see what they do going forward with uh, with that position, and obviously the uh, the other offensive line positions as uh, as guys get healthy or uh, or stay stay moderately dinged. Um, we uh, we could get into uh, into our bowl prediction segment, uh, give me liberty or give me cheez its, but uh, but I, I think that might require a little bit more research now that uh, um, you know this is a team that's uh, that's at five wins now and um, and is really. Uh, uh, you know, could uh, could be bowl eligible by this time next week. So, um, might have to do a little bit more research and uh, and come back around to that on our uh, on our midweek podcast and uh, and get into uh, our bowl thoughts. So, um, we'll stick to uh, we'll stick to, to tonight's game. The is there anything between Liberty and Cheez It? Is that the Armed Forces Bowl? Is that where that is? Uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, I just picked you those just two because they were my favorites. Because they made you made the joke. You were just going for the joke. Uh, it was all about the. It was okay. all about the joke. I think, I, I, I kind of was denying it because I've been saying I'm gonna. You said you didn't want to get into bowl produ- projections. No, we can. We can. We can do it. We can do it anyway. We can do it anyway. I kept thinking that there's not. I couldn't see two more wins. I mean, I could see the possibility. Same way that I like saw OSU. Yes, you saw the Texas win. I saw. But didn't I saw. Tell I didn't anybody. see it was going to happen. I saw it could happen. There's a big difference between what you're saying, I'm saying, and what I'm actually saying. I'm saying <laughs> I could see it, the possibility that it could happen. So there's three things there. But anyway, like I could see them beating Baylor and TCU. But now I think those are a little more definitive after the results this week. Baylor just getting absolutely spanked by West Virginia, TCU losing to Kansas in football. Uh, so I think OSU has, you know, two games, including that, you know, next week's game in Waco that it very capably could win. And if it plays like it did today it could, against West Virginia and OU, I think it definitely could make a competition out of those two games for sure. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting Remainder of the Big 12 season from a lot of different aspects, both Oklahoma State related and just and just the Big 12 in general, to see what direction some of these teams are going to go at this point. We're uh, we're learning a lot more about uh, about these teams. Obviously, TCU is in a tailspin right now. Um, who knows what that what that program is going to look like on Thanksgiving weekend when Oklahoma State goes down there to play. Um, so uh, a, a really interesting situation developing as uh, as as we learn more and more about these teams. Um, so, the, uh, the 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 fact that Oklahoma State now is uh, is is one win away from bowl eligibility uh, is uh, is impressive. Um, they, I mean, they should have been here anyway. It just happened a different way than we expected. But um, yeah, if you told me this team was going to be five and three through eight games, I would not have picked those three games. No, I would have said no. Boise and Texas, and then maybe just one slip up among the three games they actually lost. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, no, it would, and and I'm not sure. I'm not sure even which one of those three I would have picked. No, uh, I probably would have said Iowa State. I think I would have said Iowa State. That's uh, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Iowa State's uh, Iowa State's coming up even before uh, even before Brock Purdy. Yeah, pre Brock Purdy. I thought well, I thought Kyle Kemp was going to be a dude, and he's just been a, a dud, uh, a, a dinged, I guess. Not probably uh, more accurate. Not Purdy is what you're saying. He has not been Purdy. Um, but uh, but now that we're at this uh, at this stage and we've seen what Taylor Cornelius did against Texas, um, through for uh, for over 300 yards, uh, to uh, three touchdown passes and two rushing, right? Yep. Yeah. So that was indeed the breakdown. That was. Um, so now, uh, this raises the question: How much, if at all? Do we see Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders? And obviously, this is probably a question that probably we can't even answer until we see how Taylor Cornelius plays the next two weeks, and and maybe that gives us more, uh, you know, more knowledge of uh, of what might happen uh, at the end of November. But uh, but but just your gut feeling right now after uh, after this game, do we see those guys at all or in any significant fashion? Uh, I think we could see them in if Taylor plays like he did tonight every game the rest of the season. And Texas is one of the conference's best defenses. Like, this was right. one of the tougher challenges he's going to face, and he handled it handled it incredibly. I think that I, I kind of had the sense already that he would finish the season as a quarterback. That was more less me saying, yeah, he's definitely going to do It was more just, like, the plurality of it, I guess, that I saw him in 45% of scenarios being the guy who finished and then drew down in 25%. Anyway, some numbers that add up to 100 um, now I think it's a little more. I think I've maybe shifted to a majority. We're like, there's probably a 65% chance, I would say, where Taylor Cornelius is this, this team starting quarterback at the end of the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders get some run come the bowl game. And maybe if OSU secures bowl, bowl eligibility next week, Mike Gundy's willing to, to loosen some things a bit. I don't know. I doubt it. I'm sure he still would want, obviously, the game after that is beating OU. And then you've got senior day. So maybe the TCU game is the game that – if, if OSU's already locked up bowl eligibility by then, things get a little looser and you're willing to throw out Drew or Spencer then um, and just, you know, congratulate Taylor on a great season and bring him back around for the bowl game. I'm, fe- I'm feeling pretty confident right now that Taylor Cornelius is going to be the guy the rest of the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, it started to feel more and more that way um, starting from the time that I listened to Mike Gundy's Monday radio show <laughs> when he just started – just started rambling. See, I thought I thought he was just really committed to an act. I was really worried that he was just like <laughs> all in on like, yeah, you guys are idiots for thinking we're going to change quarterbacks, burr to burr to burr, and then all of a sudden he's just going to be like, well, here's here's Drew Brown for you, and be like, wow, he really tricked Texas, right? But you yeah. know, I I mean, I I guess I think it says a lot about the respect people have for Taylor Cornelius, and I think there's some perce- perception that like by playing Taylor Cornelius uh, Gundy is letting the rest of his seniors down yeah I've like seen people like throw that out there right um, among the hot takes about OSU's quarterback situation um, but I think it's like pretty clear that like that team really like respects Taylor Cornelius like he's been part of the program obviously now in his fifth year um, you know he's a guy who they I think get fired up for and he's not one obviously to get fired up a lot they get fired up today after that last touchdown but more often than not, you know, he's just kind of a relaxed, confident leader who I think they all really respect and appreciate. Um, and I don't think he's got enough credit as as the guy who is 
directing the season. Obviously, the results have something to do with that, but uh, I, I think his teammates appreciate him a lot more than, than people are giving him credit for. I would definitely agree with that. Um, I was uh, I was I was listening to the radio broadcast at the end of the game today, and uh, um, actually end up using a couple of quotes from Johnny Wilson on the on the uh, the post game broadcast. You know, he got interviewed in the middle of the scrum while uh, while while people were uh, pouring down onto the field, which from was the bleachers. absolutely insane. That's what it sounded like. I didn't make it down there in time, uh, obviously because of yeah, you got you got to go through a cleared field. Oh, it was yeah, it was absolutely wiped out by the time I got uh, I got down there. Um, yeah, it looked like it looked like a disaster trying to get into uh, into the west end zone, um, but uh, but no, I was uh, I was uh, hacking away at the computer trying to get uh, get my story filed uh, in time to get it in the newspaper for uh, for all of our loyal readers and um, didn't uh, did not have to navigate that mess of uh, of people. But uh, but Johnny Wilson um, basically said that uh, that. Cornelius trusts them, and they trust him, and that's why this team was able to do what it did tonight. And um, you know, I think that that speaks a lot to uh, to the the mood of this team uh, around Taylor Cornelius and what uh, what he does for this team. So, um, you know, I think there are, there are things that he could probably do better, both uh, both as a player and as a leader. Uh, but I think that uh, that he does enough of uh, uh, of the good things well, or of the, of the right things well, to um, to to be effective and to the from all uh, all accounts be the uh, the best guy for this job right now. So I'm w- I'm with you in that I'm at a, I'm a, I'm at a majority as well that he continues the season and finishes the season as the. Uh, as the Oklahoma State uh, quarterback, he was joking after the game that like Mike Yersich deserved like a hundred percent credit for his performance tonight, and I don't, I don't think that's true. I think that's Taylor just like messing around and kind of being hard on himself because he continues to do that. Right. Uh, but I think it w- it, it is a good point that Mike Yersich designed an offense that like suited him really well tonight. There was this was the most Taylor Cornelius esque offense that OSU has put out there, and it seemed that that open date gave them a lot of opportunities to really simplify things and find out, you know, this is what suits our offense. And I think the same thing happened on the other side of the ball too. It just seemed like so much that was what what was happening with OSU, the things that were going wrong were just kind of just a busyness to it all. Um, it seemed that the open date gave them an opportunity to really just kind of clear the slate and say, this is what we do well, this is what we need to focus on, and let's do these fundamental things, and, and I think we can start having success. And there is a lot of trust, I think, with him from the coaches to uh, you know whether it's with the zone read or the uh, the pass plays that he checked into on uh, on those fourth and one calls. Um, I think that uh, that they do feel comfortable putting a certain amount of the offense in his hands and uh, and and letting him make decisions. And I think that that's uh, that that's important as well. Going yeah, I think forward. that's really undervalued because you don't. I mean, I'm sure that they're trying to develop that trust with Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders. But, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing that Mike Gundy has put so much value in from the start of this since August, since the spring, is that he's been here for four years doing this stuff, ingraining himself in the system. And, and I think, you know, a night like tonight is where you see those little things really pay off. Definitely an impressive performance for uh, for him tonight. Started out 16 of 21 on their uh, on their hot start in the first half when they uh, they rolled up more uh, more yards and more points in the first half against Texas than they had in the entire game at Kansas State two weeks ago. So um, 
but uh, but he was looking sharp. Tylen Wallace was looking sharp. The run game was uh, was uh, was impressive. Chuba Hubbard and Justice Hill had combined for over 150 yards together. People by, have been yeah, by halftime begging to see like more two back sets right. that like involve those two guys doing different things. JD King got in on it a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was excellent. I thought I thought they executed that well. They added the I formation wrinkle. Uh, you know, we saw Taylor Cornelius in her center some. There's a lot of different looks in, instrumented into this, again, to take advantage of this team's strengths. And I don't think we had seen those looks necessarily because it's hard to, I think, adapt week to week in the middle of the season. But when you're afforded a little extra time, like with an open date, I, I think it's pretty clear OSU was able to capitalize on that. For uh, for all the fans out there that are excited to to have seen Taylor Cornelius under center in some short yardage situations, they can uh, apparently send thank you notes to uh, Gage Gundy, uh-huh. the uh, the fourteen year old son, uh, who uh, who apparently uh, inspired the idea. So I think if, if people want to make changes, that's that's they need to make their way to Gage Gundy's. I'm sure he just needs to set up shop somewhere. Yeah, he and, really like, does. He can be the guy, the voice of reason to Mike Gundy, because that's apparently where Mike Gundy gets most of his ideas. Is just from his kids complaining to him about different things. The mullet is founded in, in his children, so that's right. That's it's right. Made millions that's of dollars for the university. That's right. Um, all uh, all to uh, all to annoy his children, and now it's uh, look at all these things it's done. So. Um, all right, Nathan. What else? What else we got? Did we did we covered it all. I mean, there was so much tonight. It was uh, it was a really odd uh, and bizarre and uh, and crazy and fun night. But uh, um, anything else that's uh, that's really sticking out to you besides your uh, your favorite Mike Gundy quote of the night? You know, I, I'm I'm tired is what I am. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State changing the trajectory of its season. You know, it. I think we went from. I mean, I posted like a Twitter poll after that Kansas State game asking, does OSU make a bowl? And it was like 90% of people said no. Right. And I'm sure if you did the same thing now, it'd be flipped. I'm sure 90% of people would say yes. Mm-hmm. Like, surely they're going to beat at least TCU or Baylor. Um, and so I think, you know, OSU changed the story of its season tonight. And I think it, it, it it's not a team that's going to compete for a Big 12 championship, but I think it up, opens up the opportunity for this to be a team that, you know, we saw it as an eight and four team, a team that could still maybe scrap its way to seven, eight, nine wins. So I think there's still some opportunity for this to be less of a down year than maybe what we thought it would be. Yeah, especially if things continue to, to, to come together on the offensive line and uh, and and the defense is uh, remains solidified. Uh, you know, Jim Knowles admitted that he was uh, that he was being more conservative. Uh, to make sure that they were in position on uh, on on run plays and uh, quarterback run and things like that, so um, and uh, and more simplified to make sure that that his guys knew where they needed to be and what they needed to be paying attention to. So uh, you know, if they uh, if they go back to uh, to to this level and uh, and and start to build slowly from here on defense, you know, you uh, you gotta you gotta like like what they're uh, capable of. And uh, and I think that the uh, the offense still has the uh, the weapons to go out and score on a lot of people. So um, definitely uh, opened the door to some uh, some serious uh, improvement over what uh, what people were feeling two weeks ago. I think um, so. Uh, in all, a uh, a very successful homecoming. Barry Sanders was in the house with the War Pigs. That was uh, that was exciting to see. Um, good stuff all the way around. It was uh, if you're an OSU fan, you've uh, you've got to be uh, got to be tucking yourself into bed feeling pretty good tonight. Yeah, I think it lined up with all the expectations. Mike Gunny took his shirt off again. 
Uh, basketball season right around the corner. Mike Boynton year two. I think there's I think there's a lot of reasons. Uh, this was everything that OSU homecoming should be. So I think it, it worked out really well for all involved. All right. Well, uh, he is Nathan Ruiz. I am Scott Wright. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to Barry Trammell for uh, for driving the uh, the Oklahoma Mobile Podcast Studio. Thanks to Paige and Dave for uh, producing our podcast as always. And thanks to you, the listener, for checking us out. Keep uh, keep checking us out on uh, Apple Podcasts. We'll uh, we'll be coming to you again in the middle of the week to look ahead to the Baylor game. And uh, and always our uh, all our our podcasts are available there and uh, on Twitter. We always throw them out there too if you want to uh, just wait for the for us to drop them there. So thanks uh, thanks to all the listeners and uh, keep coming back to uh, check out the Cowboy Chronicles podcast. <laughs>